When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producer Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. And I realized that rappers and musical artists, they needed help transitioning to acting. My clients consist of musical artists from Buster Rhymes to Eve, Missy Elliott, Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club, and Vanessa Simmons, to name a few. I also coach sports stars and host as well. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. And now it's time for meditation of the day. If you expect someone else to guide you, you'll be lost. James Earl Jones. I've always been taught to depend on myself. As much as I have put faith in others, I've learned that I will never let me down. I have learned to trust and believe in myself. When I do ask for advice, I know that I will ultimately make the right decision. In life, there will be a lot of opinions from others, but you must remain true to yourself first. I will listen to my inner voice and trust in it. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, 
love and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I am about to share with you one of my most riveting journeys that I've ever experienced in terms of, you know, the entertainment business is about the creation. It starts in your mind first, and then you speak it into a script, and then there are a lot of elements that come together in making that happen. You today have the privilege of hearing that process, and you are probably among the millions of fans who watch this show that's currently on air. I'd like to introduce to you the creator, the executive producer, my friend from Epic's Godfather in Harlem, Marquand Smith. Put your hands together. Thank you, hey, Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me on your platform. I need you on this platform. I need you, and especially during this time where people are anxious, they want to go back to work, they want to do things. Your faith, one, is remarkable. And your resilience to stay committed on your journey and on your path is so admirable. Because, you know, people aren't made of that. We live in a world of immediate gratification. So... I want to start, because we can go right into it. I want to start first in talking about your journey as an actor. Why did you choose acting? 
Well, my journey started back in, I say, back in 86, 87. Myself and my brother, we were both two creative individuals. And um, growing up in Harlem and moving to Far Rockaway, my brother uh, grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, Far Rockaway was, if you know about Far Rockaway, that's the last stop on A in Queens. You call it no man's land. It's like coming out the mud. And mm -hmm. there weren't so many opportunities out there for, uh, for young, young men such as myself. You know, it's either, you know, you're going to jail or you, you're going to jail. And that's, and that's, that's what it was. But um, I've, I've been always been a creative being. My brother liked music. He loved music. So he, you know, my brother's father MC. That's my older brother. Mm -hmm. He, uh, fast forward, he got a deal with Uptown Records. And I was, I was into music too. I was signed to Whitney Houston's label at one time called A Better Place Records. But I was always into television. And television is what kind of saved, saved me, television and film. I used to sit in a dark room just to drown out gunshots outside and watch movies. You know, I, I watched movies such as like Raging Bull, Urban Cowboy, On the Waterfront, these mean streets, Rebel Without a Cause, and the story goes on, you know. And I started to really, my brain was always a sponge. I used to absorb different directors and I'd be like, oh, I know who uh, Martin Scorsese or, or Coppola or Guy Ritchie or one of my favorite movies, Once Upon a Time in America, Sergio Leone. Mm. Like, you know, these are guys that, you know, really resonated and I love the way they told their narratives. And I've always just felt as an actor, I can play make-believe, I can make people laugh, I can make people cry. You know, I can make, I, you, you control the emotions of the individuals that are watching you. So, because I know you to be someone who is not gonna wait for someone to give you opportunities. Being a creative being, you always have created. Um, when I first met you, I met you as an actor and I was a casting director, but then I always knew you were a writer as well. Were you, at that time when you were an actor, were you thinking then that you needed to create your own vehicle? Well, I always say this, like as an actor, don't wait for anyone to give you an opportunity. Don't wait for opportunity to knock on that door. If the door doesn't open, go to Home Depot, buy your own lumber and build your own door. That's how I've always been. And you have to create your own destiny because to, to be honest with you, I've always felt like going from casting call to casting call to casting call. It's almost like you're going to Vegas and you're playing a crap shoot with a whole bunch of other talented people. So you need to like, if, if this is what you want to do and it's not going one way, you create your opportunity another way. You just have to believe in yourself. And that's what I, what I did when people told me, no, you know, I don't take no easy because you know, you believe in yourself. You don't have anyone, to, to dictate your career, to build your destiny, but, but you and God. So I took that in my hands and I, you know, I've got turned down but by a lot of casting directors. There's a great documentary out there called Casting By. And your mm -hmm. favorite actors have been turned down from Sylvester Stallone to Brad Pitt to all these multi-million dollar actors that are out there, you know. And I watched it one night and I said, you know, I have to take this opportunity and create for myself. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can go out there for a, a, a casting call and they already casted the project. Exactly. So you flew out to LA or you flew out Albuquerque, New Mexico because they're doing a cowboy movie and, you know, they already have an offer out. So right. instead of like always facing the letdown and the letdown and the letdown and just draining your emotions, because you have to be a different type of individual. You have to have thick skin in this business. Nobody owes you anything. I just exactly. thought, I just thought that, you know what, I'm going to create my own destiny and create my own lane. When we met, that was something that I immediately sensed about you. You were renegade. Like you yeah. were, you, oh my God, like you didn't care. Sometimes we had conversations. Like I was like this dude, 
but your confidence and the fact that you weren't going to take no for an answer, I admired that. And so when I came to BET, um, th that's really where we reconnected. And um, I remember when you first told me about the project, do you remember? And I want you to share this with the audience because when I talk about faith, when I talk about resilience and commitment, they need to understand that this business is a process. It does not happen overnight. So when I was at BET, that was when we first discussed it, Godfather of Harlem. Yeah, actually this project took me 18 years to complete and make and create. It started off in a, an apartment in Lenox Terrace. I used to go up there every Sunday and go visit my godmother, Margaret Johnson. Mm -hmm. And if you watch The Godfather of Harlem, Demi Singleton plays godmother, Margaret. Right. And um, one of these magical stories about Harlem. And she knew that I was out here, you know, struggling to become a working actor. And we would sit down and she would tell me these stories about Harlem and walking outside and smelling fresh laundry hanging out a tenement window or hearing Sam Cooke's voice coming out of transistor radio or walking past 125th Street and see James Brown's name up on the marquee or even uh, taking a stroll past Sugar Ray Robinson's barbershop and, oh, shit, there you go. There's Nat King Cole getting the shape up. And it was so much magical story she used to tell me, but she also wanted the story of who her grandfather was. His name was Ellsworth Raymond Johnson, and he migrated up here from uh, Charleston, South Carolina. She wanted the real story told about him, not the story that you saw in American Gangster or the Cotton Club where Lawrence Fishburne played him right. or Hoodlum. You know, she wanted a story to be told about who her father was. It was really a grandfather, but raised her as his daughter who he was as an individual. I mean, his uh, IQ was above the normal, like in Alcatraz where he was locked up, the, the, the warden said his IQ is above any colored person out there that he's ever met. Right. It's urban legend that he beat Bobby Fischer in chess. You know, he migrated, he was a Geechee Gullah yeah. from uh, South Carolina up north. But there was also stories about racism out here that was happening. Even though you left the Bull Connor and the, uh, the fire hoses and the dogs, you were also up north and you were dealing with this type of racism, systematic racism, where you couldn't even go to a, a, a hat store, a, a, a black individual and purchase a hat without the owner saying, you know what, you need to put this shower cap on your hat, your head before you try on this hat. Or a black family couldn't get a steak dinner up at a restaurant on 125th Street because none of the business were black owned and you would have to sit outside and wait for your food while all the other patron, patrons were, were out there eating. So I made her a promise. I made a promise that I would go out there and get her story told by any means necessary. She died in 2016. She never got to see it, but you know, it, 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 I smile all the time because I know that she's looking down and she's happy and she's excited about it. You know, the thing about it, there's a lot of people out there that want success, right? Right. But people aren't willing to eat tuna fish sandwiches. Okay. They're not willing to sleep on somebody's uh, couch because you can't afford a hotel. You're not willing to humble yourself and take a buddy pass knowing that you got a meeting at Netflix on Monday morning, but Sunday you're hoping you could get on that flight you know, because everybody else is market value of flyers. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I've, I've been through that. If you're not willing to humble yourself like that, you're not ready for success. I've, uh, I've been through trials and tribulations, you know? Yeah. yeah, I worked at BET. I worked at BET for 16 years, but after the door closed on me, when I realized that a job is just a job, you can either chase your pension or you can chase your passion. It's up to you. And I decided to chase my passion because um, after working there for 16 years and getting a $4,000 severance leaving and they telling you to go out there and find a way, you have to tie your boots up and say, you know, what am I going to do? You know, 
the American Express is about to get canceled and I'm paying the rent. You know, the Discover card is about to get, you know, X'd out. So yeah. you have to really deep, go deep within yourself and believe in you and don't think somebody owes you anything because they don't. Don't listen to a casting director that doesn't like you. That doesn't mean that you're not good because they're a human being just like you are. You know, yeah. that, that, that female or that male may have had a bad day and they might be taking it out of you in a, in a casting. Yeah. You know, they didn't, they didn't leave it at the door. Yeah. So you know what? They're going to take all that animosity out of you and then you have to go back home and deal with yourself because of somebody else's problems. I always tell people it's good to create. Create your own lane. Create your own destiny. The thing that I love about Marquand is that, and I and I pray that everyone is recording this or actually writing this down, documenting this, is that the pearls that you just dropped, like at least 10, I was catching all of them. I was just trying to write them all down. Are you chasing your pension or your passion? What? You better coin that. That was weird. <laughs> I love that. 18 years, Marquan. I know I used to have a conversation with you. We would go to lunch. We would go to Peaches. We'd be talking about it. You, you know, now, Tracy, I'm going, you know, to um, Forrest Whitaker. And this is coming together. And this is coming together. And it has truly come together. Your passion has fed your drive for you to hold on to 18 years. But, you know, who's to say at year seven, you know, what? What kept you from going, ah, forget it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know what? I'll tell you what, what uh, kept me from saying, I'll forget it. Because I'm the type of individual, I realize we're only on this planet for a certain amount of time. So there's no time out here to say, forget it. There's no bunk beds in the graveyard. And I hope that doesn't go over your head. There's no bunk beds in the graveyard. When you leave this planet, you're leaving it alone. There's a lot of loved ones that may love you and miss you. But if you haven't fulfilled your dream, and your destiny, shame on you. So I'm not the type of individual to get up. I don't um, to give up. I don't care about age. I don't care about if I was a, a a midget that was only four foot eight. That doesn't mean I can't be successful in life. You can right. do anything you want if you put your mind to it. If you dream it, you can achieve it. I know that mm -hmm. sounds cliche, but no. I'm a testimony. Like this is what it is. Like if you tell me no, then we're not friends anymore. We don't need to be hanging out. I don't like negativity. My peace is everything. And that's how I am as a creator and being a creative, you know? It's, it's so funny, like, uh, agents weren't checking for me over, like, 18 years ago. Now, and and, and, and mother is checking for me. Everybody. Every studio wants to reach out to me and have a, a phone call or have a, a discussion about what's up next, you know? Because you understand this business is fickle. It's not what you did yesterday, it's what you did today. And the most important thing is this. Just because you have a success, you just don't dwell in it. But believe me, I have a whole slate of projects that I keep creating and keep creating. God has blessed us for us to have a second season of Godfather before the COVID. And, right before. Uh, and we are working on it right now to find out when we start shooting. We're doing a docu-series on the, uh, the, uh, the making of the Godfather of Harlem, which should fill up some uh, empty space on Epics because we've been, we've been off for a while. We were actually supposed to start shooting April 22nd, but because uh -huh. of the COVID, it just shut everything down. So hopefully we'll be, you know, we'll be back up and shooting in the fall. But that didn't, that doesn't stop me from creating. That doesn't stop me from right. trying to build another home somewhere or, or create an, another masterpiece somewhere. You have to keep creating. You have to hustle like this is your first day.
So let me ask you, because it takes a lot of, I don't know, there, this business, like you said, is very fickle in terms of people being genuine and honoring their word. How do you deal with the people um, who can't put on a disguise because they obviously are that same agent? Tracy, I love it because you know what? God said your enemies will be showed in front of you. Or like, you know, I'd rather you be real with me and say, you know what? I don't fuck with you. I like that. Don't tell me we're going to do brunch on Sunday. I'm expecting to do brunch and you're not there. I'd rather say, you know what? I don't want to do brunch because I know what I'm dealing with. You feel what I'm saying? Right. No one can stop you. No one can stop you but you, yourself. When you look up and look in the mirror, look at yourself. And you're the only, you're the only, the only hurdle that you have is yourself. Once you get over that, you can conquer the world. You can do whatever you want. And if you look into it, like some of my favorite actors, for example, and I'll say it real fast, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who had a, 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 a substance problem. He said, you yeah. know, it was that he was smoking crack behind the Apollo. Look at where yeah. he's at, at right now. Look at Charles Dutton, who went to oh. jail. You know, he, Manslaughter. he manslaughter, came home and became a, an acclaimed director, acclaimed, uh, an acclaimed actor. actor. You know, look at, uh, Tim, look at Tim Allen from Home Improvement. The white mm -hmm. boy for selling cocaine who did two years and came back and became the face of all these wonderful shows that you see right now. You know, look at Eric Bishop, a.k.a. Jamie Foxx, who came to L.A. and was, you know, homeless, sleeping in a car. If yeah. you can't look at people's uh, journeys and see that that journey could be yours, but you can't be willing to be scared. You have to be willing to take that opportunity and take that chance. You have to be willing to cry. You have to be willing to smile. You have to be willing to celebrate life. You can't just come home and sit in a corner and just say, you know, turn the lights off and say, you know what, nobody likes somebody out there is going to like you. You just got to keep pushing and keep striving. And you are a perfect example of that because I can attest to 18 years. I can attest to more, but I can definitely yeah. attest to 18 years of how you, you remind me of this story I heard about Danny DeVito, right? Danny DeVito and also James Cameron. Danny DeVito, he allegedly had 275 auditions before Taxi. And I always say, what if he, like 85 audition, he would have said, I'm done. You know what yeah. I mean? Or James Cameron took seven years to develop that, that, you know, that film, that texture of Avatar. What if in year three, he was like, I'm tired, you know? And that's just seven years. But I, I, I feel like just in terms of my inspiration, just to read when you got the deal and you got epics and you got Godfather in Harlem. And then it was like, I can't even imagine what you felt like, because like you said, you know, it's not, you've been on this journey. So for you, other people are like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so happy. But you always knew this was going to happen. You never not knew it was going to happen. You just didn't know when it was going to happen. Let me tell your audience something, right? It takes a village, but it starts from somewhere. I mean, I've, you know, I've had a wonderful team around me. Uh, James Atchison and his wife, Joanne Atchison, they believed in me from the beginning and took me under their wing and helped me develop it. Forrest Whitaker, Chris Brancato, Paul Eckstein, um, Nina Yang Bon Jovi. These are all, I have a wonderful team. I got like the all-star Chicago Bulls. You know what I mean? Wow. But... It's, it's really true to, that you can be in a pitch meeting. We got turned down by three networks. Mm -hmm. 
I was in it with an Academy Award winning actor, my big brother Forrest on one side, right? right. And a nominated winning writer, my other big brother, Chris Brancato on the other side, who created the hottest TV show called Narcos on Netflix. And we still right. got turned down by three networks. So you're thinking, oh, it, 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 it's a shoo-in. It's not a shoo-in, man. It, it's not. You have to still, you know, I was in January coming or going, what we were doing, you know, and Chris told me it was a, no, a noble failure, right? It was a time. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, hey, you can go write uh, Wonder Woman 2 or Sherlock Holmes 3 or Robert Downey Jr. and sit in the Hamptons and get, uh, you know, catered by Steph. This is all or nothing for me. An established showrunner, an established writer. You, you came out the Dick Wolf camp. Forrest is going to keep making movies. This is my first opportunity to kick down the door and let people know who I am as an individual. You feel what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. You really believe in yourself because after the curtains drop, everybody goes home. Yeah. You're there looking at yourself. You might be riding in that limo by yourself. You feel what I'm saying? So right. it, it really believe in yourself and say, you know what? I believe in me. I believe that I can do this. You know, I have a very spiritual relationship with, with the, the man above. Of My guardian angels have always been around me. And I've sat down and I've, I've talked to God at night. I've looked out my windows at the city like, Figuring it out, like, damn, I only got a pack of ramen noodles in the uh, in, in, in the uh, cabinet. How am I gonna make this stretch? Right. And then all the matter, sardines. You're like, oh, okay, now I got a real meal. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> truth is, like, you have to believe in yourself, man. Don't expect yeah. it to do you a favor or just push you in. And especially of a, especially a person of color, especially right. a person of color. You know, we are the least looked at. Now we're like uh, like unicorns running down the street and zebras uh, without the stripes. You know, everybody wants to have conversations with us. But two years ago to seven months ago, no one did. When I did my deal, you know, the the you know we had a a, a wonderful president by the name of Michael Wright who worked mm -hmm. at, who believed in it and says, you know what, I don't want to be coy about this. We have money; it's eighty million dollars. Let's get this done. This show needs to be done, right? Wow. But other side, you have your studio saying, oh, we love this show. We believed in it, but will it sell foreignly? Because it's an urban myth that projects of color don't really do well overseas. You know what I'm saying? When you go in a meeting and you say, hey, what about Black Panther? Oh, that's just exactly. an anomaly. So you have to really, really have uh, constructive conversations and hold people's hands and, and walk people through through your life, your life experiences. Uh, I, I, where people don't even know who Maxwell or Sade or Jay-Z is. And you're like, hold on, white boy don't know who Jay-Z is? But in your mind, you like this. If a Japanese billionaire was walking down the street next to you, would you know who he is? You feel what I'm saying? Right. You have to go outside yourself and say, you know what? Everybody doesn't know how to and we don't know everybody else's culture. It's time to learn and it's time to create together. And I'm glad that we have a team that we are able to do that. Yeah, I am too. Cause it's important. The messages that you're yeah. sending as well, cause this is for you. This is such an authentic story. So you want to yep. make sure the way it's handled, you know, and, and what, you know, your intentions are, what you want to get across. So, um, I want to ask you, working with Forrest Whitaker as an actor, forget yeah. about training. I mean, in an acting school, that's got to be like, 
you know, master, master class. <laughs> like, I've got a lot of these questions before, and I'll tell you this, you know, I'm a method actor, and, um, you know, Forrest's method as well. You know, it's so funny, like, when you go into, you go on set, it becomes a sparring match with these mm. different actors, and they can smell blood. They can smell fresh meat in the water. <laughs> and here, to get in the water, don't get in the water. You know, I've been right. on set where I have a scene and I'm watching Forrest, who's real method. He, he becomes part of that situation. Whoever mm -hmm. he is, comes bumpy in character, in character. And then you have Vincent D'Onofrio, who acts with his hands. Mm -hmm. He moves around his hands and, he, and this is the way that he speaks for himself. And then you have a person like John Carlo, who may mm -hmm. go right real fast with his lines and turn around and go left and right. Like, yeah. you have to be able to ready to be duck and dive and say, oh, okay, no, that wasn't in the script, but I just threw that in, buddy, and you're not going right. to figure it out. So it's been a really, really good feeling. And, you know, and even my boy Nigel, who's a good friend of mine, who's playing Malcolm X, you know, I'll tell you a story, you know, I fought for him to play Malcolm. And I have, casting is not what I do, you know, uh -huh. as on the project as an actor I still have you know I still have a voice but that casting is not what I do and I I said you know Nigel please not, I'm not going to name the casting director Nigel 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 and it took us it took a little while before they said okay bring him in and I was like why am I getting ignored right. and, I'm, and I'm an executive producer on this project that's what I was going to bring an audition you know so you have to really fight so you know you don't get marginalized on your own your own project. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I remember when Nigel came in, he came in with a full overcoat with a, a with with a, with the black suit, black tie, hat, and specs in 95 degree weather. And I'm by the agency building, I'm on the phone with my agent, and he walks in and we walk upstairs because you know Chris was like, let's bring Nigel in. Because Marquan keeps saying Nigel, bring Nigel in, you know. They were scared right. that you know he played Malcolm and Selma. So what he played Malcolm and Selma? That doesn't mean anything. You feel what I'm saying? Right. As you see right now, you see the wonderful, amazing job that Nigel Thatcher is doing right now playing Malcolm. Fierce. So that's you know, that's that's the story to be told in itself. You feel what I'm saying? Right. You know, he walked around, you know, as an actor, I admire other actors that take their craft seriously. He walked around with speeches in his ear. Every every between takes walks around with Malcolm's speeches he wanted to make sure that makeup could do the same cleft that Malcolm did mm -hmm. you know if you turned his ring just like Malcolm did in his speeches he's an amazing amazing friend as, as well as an amazing thespian I mean as a creative being you have your eyes and your feelers everywhere so it makes sense for you to know talent yeah. you know bottom line um i think it's challenging when it's your project and you still have to like you said fight you know just to be on the other side what are some of the battles in having this project and wanting it to be your vision and be authentically told i can answer that in a twofold okay a is um as an actor on the show I had to audition for my own part. Wow. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't given my role just because I was an executive producer. That does not, it, maybe it works in certain shows. Mm -hmm. You know, that's happened before, but it sure didn't happen amongst us. I had to prove to ABC that I had the chops and I had to prove the epics that I had the chops. And on our zero day, I remember ABC, Tracy Underwood flew down and Nancy Cotton from Epics and said, we love how you look on camera. Mm. And my, my lawyer uh, called me and 
they had to redo my contracts, but nothing was given to me. Yeah. So even with the project itself, to even have a role, I had to still audition for my part. Wow. Now you're saying the authenticity. I made sure that we got a, a wonderful, wonderful African-American historian by the name of Professor James Small. James Small has a bunch of content called Hidden Colors. Mm. And he was Malcolm X's sister's bodyguard when Malcolm X passed away. He is like the individual you want to talk to about African-American history. He does a lot of these spiritual journeys and of, of, of tours to Malcolm's gravesite. He's someone that you need to really look up at, Professor James Small. Okay. I would love that. Thank you for that. Yo, you got to come back to the show. You got to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would love to do a two-part because um, there are some questions that I didn't even get to because I want you to speak to my audience. I, I said before that this was going to be riveting because, again, you know, it says so much about your character and who you are and what you believe and how you fight. And this is the journey. And Marquan, would you change anything about this journey? Not at all. There it is. Not at all. There it is. So you have to have, you have, to have an interesting story. This is a uh, this is a never ending story. Choose your own ending. There it is, and that's empowering. And that's why I said, audience, please be recording this. Please document this because every single every single thing that you spoke, you just kept dropping. You had to be behind you catching all these jewels. So I appreciate love your time. I appreciate love your story. I feel like I, I feel honored to bear witness to some of those 18 years and some of those conversations and just like, you know what, it's gonna happen. We don't know when. I'm not surprised. When you got the deal, I wasn't like, oh my God. And people were like, isn't that your friend? Isn't that your friend you used to talk about, right? His show, right? I'm like, yeah, that's him. I, I'm not surprised. You are because you didn't believe. But now, based on season two and this attachment, you know. You know what? Will, Will Smith has a saying that I love. He says, he says this, and I hope I didn't chop it up. He said, I always knew I was a Hollywood star. The problem is that you didn't. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I love Will Smith's quotes. Me too. <laughs> it's, you and Will Smith, really listen, like, pinch it or you chase it, pinch it or you chase it, pass it. I'm saying yeah. I will send you this show so you can, you can dissect some of yeah. these things, man. It was fierce. But I just want to say thank you again, Marquan. Thank, thank you. Ah, thank you, thank you. Virtual hug. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together again. We will be tuning in to season two of Epic's Godfather in Harlem. Marquan Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore, with Class in Session. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore my favorite segment, Class in Session. And you guys are still blessed to have Marquand Smith with us, the creator and executive producer of Epic's, oh my God, just crazy riveting show, Godfather in Harlem. Yay, Marquand is here. Okay, so um, Marquand, this is how we play. I have Spirited Actor alumni, Jalisa Capri, and Leanne Amato, who is our other Spirit Actor alumni and also writer in residence. And to my surprise at our studio audience, <laughs> Mario, engineer extraordinaire, will be playing Hector. We're excited. <laughs> Coach, coached by my producer, Bruce Henry. Okay. So Elsa, lovely Elsa, who's on here, are you going to uh, jump in, Elsa, and read the narrative, or do you want me to read the narrative? I can read it. Thank you so much. Okay, so the fabulous, ladies and gentlemen, my right, left, front, back, my sidekick, Elsa Lathan, and how we play this game. The ladies are going to read a scene for you. Elsa's going to read everything so that you know what's going on. And then after that, whatever constructive criticism, insights, jewels that you want to drop on these ladies, 
We are so, so great, grateful. Okay. So Elsa, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. And action. Tito who? Written by Leanne Amato. Interior, overcrowded Bronx apartment. Kitchen, moments later. All right, Ma. I'm not going to say nothing. I don't know why you always got to say that. Carolina cuts off her mother before she can say anything else and heads towards her cousin Rosalita on the couch. So, did you hear about Tito? What's Tito? Natalie's son's father? No, Tia's new boyfriend, Tito. Well, yeah, what about him? Well, supposedly he has a daughter that he wants to bring here from Puerto Rico that they want us to treat like a prima so that she feels at home. Sure, you better hope they don't try to squeeze her in your room. Huh? They better not squeeze her in my room. <laughs> they better not squeeze her in your room. <laughs> I don't thought it's your room too. Why would you call it my room? I don't know, for dramatic effect. <sighs> Look, I was just trying to have your back. They sit like two mean girls judging the rest of the fam sitting around. You know, everybody in this family is just hypocrites. They all doing exactly what they said that they wouldn't do. It's true. I can't believe Tina Marie would let another one in after we reached 16 people living here. Hey, that's my mother. My bad. Listen, don't say nothing. I really can't stand when people talk about other people, okay? Rosalita holds up her pinky finger, vowing to promise and making a face like she knows better. Carolina matches her pinky. All right, I'll be back. I'm going to go move stuff in the room so it looks more full. Oh, good idea. Carolina walks off. Rosalita looks at her cousin, Hector. So what on the street is Tito's got a daughter. Nah. Little Tito got a girl pregnant? No! Tia's new boyfriend, Tito. Oh. And see. Wow. <laughs> Take a bow, Mario. All right, I'm going to throw it to you. One. And it was a little choppy in there at times, but I'm gonna throw it to you. So I, I love the I love the scene, and I can really envision in my head being in a uh, in a an apartment in in the South Bronx and filled with a, a bunch of people. <laughs> you know, I love the way that uh, the the characters are interacting with each other. It was kind of choppy, you know, but <clears throat> and that's just from technology. But I think you guys guys did an amazing job with the interaction. I wanted to see more Hector, though, man. I was waiting for Hector to start talking some more shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think I think you guys did an amazing, amazing job. I love the I love the facial interactions that you have doing it from a iPhone perspective. It, look, it really looked good. Wow, wow. And you know what? I love the fact that you come on, they hear the interview first and see, you know, the authenticity, his yeah. journey, and then for you to pay it forward and give it to them. And you guys don't know him. That's a blessing. Wow. Thank you. And Mario. Mario, like, <laughs> we got to get your resume together now. That's so good. That's <laughs> my manager, Bruce Henry. All right, I'll talk to your manager, Spruce. I'll talk to him. I always ask our guests, you know, if it's okay, if the ladies just send you, they have resumes and pictures and reels because we always want to provide opportunities and introductions for, you know, spirited actors. So, and Marquand is a spirit actor alumni too, ladies. So, um, but once again, you guys, we'll get all that information. I just want to thank you again, Marquand, for your time, your wisdom and experience. And again, 
I walk away with faith and resilience. That's what I walk away with, faith and resilience. And you know that it's going to happen. You just don't know when it is. But stay true and stay faithful and resilient and renegade. Stay, stay, <laughs> journey, stay on your path, even though you might have some branches and bushes. I hate that uh, saying there's a light at the end of the tunnel. No, you start the light right now. Don't wait for the end of the tunnel. Let that light that you have right now guide you through that tunnel. And now it's time for give love. Strive for excellence. You need a support system around you that believes in you and believes in your journey. When I left San Francisco 35 years ago, my family and my closest friends, they were not championing the journey they actually were trying to talk me out of coming to New York. They tried to scare me. They tried to tell me that, you know, whatever my dream was, I was not going to be able to accomplish it. 25 years ago, I remember I went home to visit my family and friends, and I went back to some of the same neighborhoods. And I just remember saying to myself, I left 25 years ago. And most of my friends are still in the same place that I left them 25 years ago. And they were comfortable. And I'm not judging their choice. But the ones that were vocal and the ones that said, I wish I could have the life that you had. I wish I could have had the courage to leave San Francisco and go to New York or to just live my dreams. Those are the ones that I say, strive for excellence. There's no time limit. There's no age range. Pursue your dreams. Know that your dreams are going to come true. And even if no one believes in you, you believe in yourself. Because the excellence is picking up your dream and going after it. That's what the excellence is. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited Podcast. Thank you. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm -hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.